So automation is really important. Providing clients a very convenient way to interact with the firm, which is typically going to be online. You know, with COVID, I think it's accelerated this process where firms are thinking about, okay, do we need to rely upon in-person meetings or are we going to continue to interact digitally? Hey, troops, what's going on? We are back. Episode number 122. Can you believe it? Of Future Proof. Uh, My name is Bill. I'm the host of this clam bake. Glad to have you here. How are things going, by the way? Um, It's been a a weird and and wacky kind of year, has it not? And uh, for me, that, you know, the fact that the holidays are upon us kind of drives home that fact even more now. Um, I mean, man, you know, Thanksgiving is just my favorite holiday. I love that idea of families coming together physically together, you know, and celebrating, expressing their gratefulness, their gratitude, their love for one another. Corny, I know, but it's just my favorite holiday. And fewer families are going to be comfortable doing that this year. Uh, It's definitely going to be a different vibe, right? And, um, I've struggled, you know, at times to wrap my brain around this pandemic, but now that the holidays are here, it's it's definitely settled in in a way that it hadn't before, you know. I'm I'm feeling I don't know. I don't really know what I'm feeling. A loss maybe, sadness, a little of both. And and yeah, that's coming from kind of a privileged place. I I know. I mean, you know, I'm healthy, my family's healthy. Knock on wood, haven't lost anyone dear to me yet because of this virus, but Still something, something's missing this holiday season, and, and that's kind of hard to come to grips with. But um, still, though, silver linings, right? We, we do have a lot to be grateful for. There are still beautiful things in this world, and, and let's give thanks for that. So if I, uh, if I don't see you before then, happy Thanksgiving, friends. If you're listening to this after Thanksgiving, hope you had a great turkey day. Uh, and if you happen to be listening uh, to this show in another country besides the good old U.S. of A., well, then, you know, <laughs> happy Thursday, right? All right. Uh, all right. Let's get down to business, shall we? And uh, let's lead off with this. This week's show is sponsored, as always, by the Business Learning Institute, which delivers competency-based curriculum courses, content, and community to maximize career trajectories and grow intellectual capital for organizational and executive leadership. Hundreds of courses by dozens of instructors and unlimited customization. Find out how the Business Learning Institute can help you by visiting blionline.org. So switching gears here, we're going to talk a little cybersecurity this week and um, no time like the present. Um, as with, uh, well, pretty much every other, tra- every other trend out there, I mean, this pandemic, it's acted as an accelerator of sorts for cyber threats, right? I mean, this was a big problem before COVID-19, but it's an even bigger problem now uh, by a factor of 10, by way more than that. In fact, this is this is from an article titled Now in Hackers Crosshairs, Accounting and Finance Firms, uh, written by Greg Dyer, appears in CPA Practice Advisor. Here's what he writes. He says, quote, we've been seeing a dramatic increase in malicious activity since the onset of COVID-19, with the FBI recently announcing that they're fielding as many as 4,000 cybersecurity-related complaints per day. Uh, that's a 400% increase 
on pre-COVID-19 levels. Also new, the extent to which firms in the finance and accounting space are being targeted. Just ask Canadian firm MNP, for example. Uh, a ransomware attack crippled the firm last spring, forcing it to cease operating for an entire week. Coming on top of broad-based pandemic-related disruption, that's way too much time for any business to be offline. And Dyer adds, quote, it's hard to overestimate the potential negative impact of cybersecurity threats downstream, losing sensitive financial records, tax documentation, and more to malicious actors is going to cost you clients, of course, but the true cost cuts deeper. For example, uh, research shows that for companies with unfavorable reputations, hiring and retaining talent comes with an estimated $7.6 million in additional financial outlays annually, end quote. So, yeah, cybersecurity, it's not just a buzzword. There's, there's real risk involved here. And the less seriously you take this threat, the more likely you are to get burned by it. And it's not just public practice that has to be worried. Of course, every business is at risk. This is, uh, this is an article from Accounting Today, which makes this clear. It's called Coronavirus Exposes Internal Auditors to New Risks. And the author, Michael Cohn, he says this. He says, quote, internal auditors are facing a host of risks during the COVID-19 pandemic in business continuity, crisis management, cybersecurity, and other areas, according to a new report. The report, released recently by the Institute of Internal Auditors, follows up on a similar report released last year and discusses the top 11 risks facing organizations. For the report, the IIA surveyed members of corporate boards, executive management teams, and chief audit executives. The report found that 93% of chief audit executives rated business continuity slash crisis management as highly or extremely relevant compared to 87% of board members who ranked those risks as highly or extremely relevant. Far fewer members of the C-suite identified them that way, with only 63% describing business continuity slash crisis management as highly or extremely relevant. Members of corporate boards and C-suites who responded to the survey rated their level of personal knowledge lowest when it comes to cybersecurity. Uh, and then there's this telling quote from IIA President and CEO Richard Chambers. He said the most revealing headline was that boards thought their organization was in a lot better position to address risk than management. And that's a little bit unsettling, end quote. Yeah. Uh, unsettling indeed. So, so yeah, cybersecurity, it's been a big deal for a while now, but it's never been a bigger deal uh, than it is right now. And that makes this week's conversation particularly relevant. I had the privilege sitting down this week with Scott Flazar. Scott is Chief Operating and Strategy Officer for SafeSend. SafeSend's mission is to accelerate the tax and accounting profession with innovative and emerging technologies that help practitioners work more efficiently and better serve their clients. And one of their products called Safe Sun Returns recently won an innovation, uh, innovation award rather from a CPA practice advisor, Safe Sun Returns. It provides accounting firms with an automated, centralized, and standardized way to assemble and deliver tax returns digitally. Uh, and yes, in the interest of full disclosure, SafeSend is a partner with the Maryland Association of CPAs, but they do some great work there. Scott and I spent some time recently talking about the impact the pandemic has had on cybersecurity 
and what we should be doing to protect ourselves and our clients and, and what's happening on the technology front that might actually help us do all that. So good stuff, important stuff this week on the cybersecurity front. Here is my conversation with Scott Flazar. So, Scott, thanks so much for being here. Let, let's talk a little bit about cybersecurity sure. for a few minutes here. It's, it's been, you know, top of the mind for a lot of people in the profession for a while now. I guess my question is, how much at risk are CPAs and their clients, you know, to things like hacks and attacks and other nefarious behavior, like at this point in time? Sure, sure. So, so first of all, Bill, thanks for having me on. You know, I, this is a pleasure to be able to uh, join you on this podcast, and this is an important topic. And uh, you know, uh, our organization, SafeSend, cybersecurity and protecting data of firms and firm clients is really important to us and part of what we do. So, really, I, I do think. Um, there's been much more awareness of the importance of cybersecurity in your specific question. Uh, firms are highly at risk, um, and, and that goes for large global firms all the way down to mom-and-pop uh, firms, and that's because of the data that, you know, that they're entrusted with. So it's a treasure trove of, of data for any cyber, cyber criminal if you think about you know, what's in a tax return or a financial statement or a payroll report, you know, names, social security numbers, bank accounts, dependents, uh, you know, it, it is, you know, it's the mother load if you're, you're, if you're a cyber criminal. So right. firms are highly at risk. They are targeted by cyber criminals. And, uh, you know, my, you know, my word of caution for anyone in the profession is, you know, don't think, you know, for for instance, if you're a smaller firm, don't think that you are not targeted because, um, you know, cyber criminals are looking at accounting firms of any size and they might, you know, think I I'm going to have perhaps a better opportunity to hack into a smaller firm. So highly at risk. And it's because of the data that firms are entrusted with. And I'm, I'm kind of interested, um, you know, I was talking to a couple of, uh, futurists over the past couple of months about the pandemic and technology and all that. And it, basically where we were going with these conversations was these, this, the pandemic has acted as kind of a, uh, an accelerator of sorts when it comes to advances in technology and all that. And I was kind of curious, are, are you seeing the same type of impact on cybersecurity, good or bad? I mean, I, you know, I'd heard things about it was hurting the IRS in this effort because they've been short staffed because of the pandemic. Scams seem to be on the rise. What are you seeing in terms of how has COVID impacted this area? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And I think, you know, certainly you know, the, the pandemic hit so quickly, if you think back to March, um, and it required firms, you know, to take evasive action, or anyone to take evasive action in terms of how they were working. And, and, um, and I think the pandemic itself has raised awareness to the importance of cybersecurity, uh, primarily because, you know, there, there's so much more reliance upon using cloud-based solutions and, I'm going to say that the security that is generally around cloud-based uh, systems, that, that would be the positive side of it. I would say the cautionary tale side is that uh, compliance is probably very shaky because you've got 
individuals, you know, practitioners and their staff that perhaps had a false sense of security about how secure their firm was, but then when they had to quickly move remote, well, then you've got staff using, let's say, their personal home computer or laptop that doesn't have, you know, the the security required in the firm, and and you have, uh, you know, devices that they might be using that they wouldn't have been using in the past. So as soon as people had to pick up and move out of the firm and and start to working from anywhere, you introduced many more variables that you know that the. the IT professionals or anyone in the firm that was trying to create a secure environment in the firm, they lost some uh, some of that control and lost some of the ability to 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 you know manage all of that what was going on. So, I mean, I think awareness is better, um, and I think now we've moved to a point where some of these things have rolled out and and shored up some areas that were more insecure to begin with. But I would say at the start, because things happened so quickly, there were gaps in, in cybersecurity that had to be identified and, and sewn up. Um, uh, so it, 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 I guess my first question is, what, what, what are some of those gaps? Where, where do we need to kind of like bridge those areas where we're kind of lacking at this point? Well, I mean, I think I can just give a couple. So certainly if staff that were working in the firm went home and then they were using a system that wasn't, you know, a firm issued system. Well, then you've got all the concerns about do they have their virus protection and their system uh, maintenance and patches up to date? You know, that that would have been a big concern. Also, many firms, especially larger firms, establish IP restrictions so that access to their systems from IP addresses in their firm are appropriately restricted. Well, now they had to, to eliminate or, or change those IP restrictions because with, with staff logging in from wherever they're logging in now, they can't rely upon those IP restrictions. And I think those are those are a couple. So it was about what is, what's the security on devices um, and systems in use at the home that might not be firm issued? And then how do you continue to have good security about accessing firm systems remotely when you may have relied upon things like IP restriction? Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, the answer to this next question, might you might've already touched on some of this, but I'm, I'm just kind of curious, with all the shifting that we've had to do, as a result of COVID, everyone, you know, a lot of folks now working from home and, and using different types of security and that type of thing. I mean, what should we be doing um, to protect ourselves and our clients? If there's, if there's one thing that we should be doing that you think most people aren't at this point, like, what would that be? Yeah, good question. So, this one is probably less technical than maybe what you're looking for, but I think the most important thing is building a culture of cybersecurity awareness and cybersecurity compliance and, and making sure the, that everyone in the firm understands this is our responsibility to protect the firm, to protect our clients, and we're going to take measures to make sure we're you know, we're following cybersecurity best practices and we're not going to see it as an inconvenience. We're not going to see it as um, a chore that that um, is, you know, not a normal course of operation. So, you know, at, at the highest level in firms, I think the, 
you know, the, the idea that you're creating a culture of cybersecurity awareness and, and cybersecurity best practices and wearing that really as kind of a, a, a badge of honor in the firm is really important because then everyone in the firm has a different outlook and mindset to the importance of it. And, you know, all of the other things that you're going to put in place in terms of, you know, technology and, and other ways that, that you protect the firm is reinforced by the culture that you have. So I think culture is really important in this regard. That's, that's really interesting. I mean, so, so much of the stuff that we talk about in so many different areas about the future of this profession really comes down to culture and mindset, right? And, and certainly I think that what you're talking about plays right into this. And, and I mean, of course, the, you know, the battle is to stay ahead of the criminals that are out there. Technology is helping them as much as it's, you know, but it's also helping us kind of protect our data and our clients. Like, I, I'm kind of curious what's happening lately on the technology front that you're seeing that might be, you know, helping us in this fight. Yeah. So, um, you know, the, the amazing thing is it's moving so fast and, and uh, cyber criminals are moving fast. And, and then, you know, the the organizations that, that are protecting, you know, systems are moving fast. It's almost like a battle, like who can stay in front of the other one? You know, somebody does yeah. this and then we're trying to respond and it, 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 it gets right. crazy when you think about it. Right. I mean, I think automation and cutter artificial intelligence is kind of what i'm seeing as the latest area of cybersecurity that's been improving so so that's having systems that are automatically proactively monitoring for ab abnormal you know behavior or 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 uh, uh, situations where uh, there, there's intrusions in the system that they can proactively find, detecting patterns, you know, unusual or unexpected patterns, mm -hmm. having, you know, um, audits, um, audit logs to understand, is there anything here that is what we're not expecting? You know, even, even a very simple example, Google, I think, has done a pretty good job. You know, obviously, you have the ability to store some of your passwords in Google, you know, associated with your login. And I've had Google, you know, automatically surface message to me saying, you know, we've noticed that a combination of your username and password that you're using on one or more sites was recently involved, uh, you know, in a breach uh, somewhere else. And, and yep. we suggest you take care of that. So, so to me, that's a great example of technology uh, organizations trying to stay ahead of the cyber criminals and being proactive with me saying, hey, you might want to do this so, so that you uh, can stay safe and, and uh, avoid, you know, a, a potential leak of uh, username and password that we, I see that you're using still, but could have been involved in a breach. It's kind of interesting, a, a little bit of a paradox there for, for, from a certain point of view, because I've, I've talked with, you know, folks in the profession who are a little leery of AI and, and where that's leading us and, and, you know, how safe are we in terms of artificial intelligence doing this kind of stuff for us? But what, what I'm hearing you're saying, you saying is, is that uh, AI might actually be helping keeping us safer in terms of, you know, this type of, this type of stuff. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I think that's a, that's a, um, you know, a, a paradox in that certainly there's going to be some incredible things that 
AI will deliver uh, in terms of all kinds of different areas, one of them being cybersecurity. But then I think people also justifiably have their guard up for, okay, I don't want to, you know, I don't want it reading my mind and uh, (laughs) trying to tell me, uh, you know, knowing everything about me. So, so the privacy aspect of it is one thing, but uh, AI has many great, you know, applications for really positive and beneficial things. And and I don't know if if this is just, again, going back to like a mindset and and just kind of wrapping our brains around this stuff, but how do we, uh, I'm curious what you think about how do we, how do we bridge that gap there where there are some folks who are very leery about this new technology and, and the risks that it might pose versus, the the benefits that it might offer us. How do we how do we connect those two things? You know. Yeah, you know, I, I would say it's education, and and the more AI can produce good and positive results, and those can be shared. I think I think people will, you know, warm up to the idea of wow, this technology has capabilities that we, you know, didn't even you know think of in the past. You know, I, I read this article probably three or four years ago, but it always stuck with me that Google should be able to predict many serious illnesses and ailments that people have because they've captured so much of the search history for people that says, you know, typing in symptoms. Mm -hmm. And there's probably, you know, there's a pattern there that, that, you know, that can be uh, established so that, you know, if 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 you can be proactively communicated that hey you might have this serious illness based upon the the pattern of symptoms you're looking for and not have to you know be your own you know doctor and try and read various websites to come up with things i mean that that to me is wow talk about incredibly worthwhile so mm-hmm. certainly a little off topic from from what we're talking about here but yeah i think education and just sharing you know, examples in, 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 you know, plain English and and just, you know, giving people these different nuggets that show what AI is doing in a positive, you know, in a a positive way, I think can help turn some of the uh, negative connotations that, that sometimes exist around AI. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, this type of stuff, I mean, the examples that you were offering, in terms of uh, the medical field, I mean, if AI, AI is having this type of impact in that field or or all these other types, I mean, it's it's obviously having an impact on what we all do, right? And and so it's just kind of coming to grips with it and figuring out what the opportunities and the the challenges are in our particular field. That, I guess that leads me to my next question, which is, what are you? And your team there at SafeSend uh, doing lately in this area? How how is this all kind of tying into what you guys are doing? Sure. So so um, you know our solutions uh, uh, are the, for SafeSend. You know our, our flagship product is, is SafeSend Returns, which is a solution that uh, allows for the assembly and digital secure delivery of tax returns to clients. That is obviously an area that we we have to have a lot of cybersecurity measures around. We also have our SafeSend product, uh, SafeSend Exchange, uh, and and that's uh, a file sharing system that, again, has to have security around it. So some of the things that we've added to ensure that we're staying ahead of the curve and keeping our systems secure and keeping firms confident that they 
can use our solutions uh, and keep their firm safe and their client data safe. We've done a few things. So on the firm side, we've implemented multi-factor authentication, which is a much higher level of security than just username and password. And that could be with email, uh, separate email verification, or even better with uh, you know text message uh, authentication. So I think everyone's pretty familiar with that now. You've got, you're on your computer, but then you've also got your mobile device that you'll get a, that a, get a code on. So we have implemented multi-factor authentication. We have sophisticated, uh, customizable password policies so that firms can dictate they want a certain strength of password required for access to our systems. We do support IP restriction. So, you know, as firms uh, get back into their firm, uh, they can really lock down the IP addresses that they allow access to our systems with. We have single sign-on with Microsoft Office 365. Uh, And then we have within our system sophisticated user access controls so that only certain roles or only certain individuals in the firm have access to, let's say, tax return data or have access to send tax returns to clients. And then on the client side, so so our our solutions very much are embedded into the firm and also um, with the firm's clients. On the, on the client side, we've got multi-factor authentication again. All of our data is stored on the Azure platform in the U.S., and that's important for power of attorney, the 7216s. They have to be stored in the U.S. We, have, uh, we do a SOC 2 audit twice a year. We're only required once, but we do it twice a year, as well as um, a pen test, penetration tests. And uh, with our Safes and Exchange product, you can use the, uh, an online portal system that's very secure, or you can use that system to automatically encrypt a, a PDF file if you want to send it uh, via email. Um, so we spend a lot of time making sure that our systems are mitigate security risks across the board for the firm and clients. And we're always working on new ways to elevate security and improve it um, for firms and their clients. Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. And it also sounds, I mean, not only, you know, I mean, the, the security part of it is awesome, but it also sounds like there's a, a, an element of automation for, you know, folks on the, on the practice side where they can start thinking about ways in which they can add higher value to their clients because they know that this this other type of stuff is is being automated in a very secure and very uh, efficient kind of way. Is that is that am, am I absolutely? Kind of, yep. No, you're you're spot on. You know, obviously firms are trying to do. You know, I like to say trying to do more with less and. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know they're they're in a situation where they have to streamline manual tasks and 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 the tedious areas and manual areas of their work. That's exactly what our solutions do. You know our tagline automation uh, is in our DNA. That's our tagline, and, and we're about automating processes um, and elevating client service um, and doing all of that while mitigating security risks and driving down the total cost of, uh, of doing business or in the case of using safe send returns, driving down the total cost of sending that tax return um, to your clients and um, collecting 
the uh, e-signed 8879 uh, and providing um, uh, a smooth and automated end of the tax preparation engagement. That's great. And you're getting some recognition for the stuff too. Uh, uh, CPA practice advisor um, named Safe Send Returns, uh, one of their innovation award winners for the past year. How, how, tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah, um, something we're very proud of. Safe Send Returns actually has, uh, so, so Safe Send Returns was uh, introduced in 2016, and it has actually won three CPA Practice Advisor Technology Innovation Awards in 2016, 2017, and in 2020. Again, it's a single solution that streamlines entirely the, the last mile of the tax preparation engagement and allows the firm to digitally assemble the completed tax return securely send it off to the client. The client launches uh, an online session that is a very intuitive process where they go through and review the return, e-sign the return, pay taxing agencies if they need to pay taxing agencies, pay the accounting firm if they need to pay the accounting firm for the um, tax preparation fees, download a copy of the return, and then those signed um, 8879s automatically flow right back to the to the uh, to the firm. And really the innovation award here in 2020 was for all the work we did to really elevate and, and redo the client experience. So, you know, if you think about a, a taxpayer, you know, a, a, an individual or a business owner, well, when they get a completed tax return from the accounting firm, Oftentimes, you know, they don't know what to do with a 70 or 80 or 90 page PDF mm-hmm. or, you know, some firms are even still doing paper. And what we do with Safe Send Returns is provide the exact type of experience that these clients are looking for. So again, an online session is launched and it's a step-by-step process on screen that walks them through exactly what you know they, they see. Okay, am I getting a, a refund or do I owe taxing agencies? Here's where I e-sign. Here's where I download. And it's a very smooth and easy process that really provides a great experience for the client and elevate the elevates the firm's brand and image because of of how easy the process is and convenient uh, and intuitive for the client. So that's kind of the, the improvements we made in that area uh, are are why we were recognized for this innovation award and certainly very proud of it. No, congratulations. That's that's certainly something to be proud of. I I guess my last question here Scott is is just just very generally, uh, and you're kind of working on the fringes of the future of this profession. I mean, what does the future of this profession look like to you from where you and Safe Sunset? Yeah, great question. Um, you know, it, it seems as if the evolution of, of the profession is moving faster and faster. And, and, um, and what we see is, is a, a continued emphasis on providing kind of value add services for clients and no longer relying solely upon the tax return and the financial statement and the payroll report being the product of the accounting firm. But it's more about consultative advice, helping firms, you know, business owners with business decisions and running a better business, helping individuals with improving their uh, you know, financial position and, and do tax planning. So, so to do all of that, you come back to the, you know, the, you're still going to be doing the compliance work for your clients. And now you need to do it with peak efficiency, 
Mm. Uh, remove the manual tasks. So automation is really important. Providing clients a very convenient way to interact with the firm, which is typically going to be online. You know, with COVID, I think it's accelerated this process where firms are thinking about, okay, do we need to rely upon in-person meetings or are we going to continue to interact digitally? So virtual meetings, uh, you know, systems that allow uh, uh, clients to easily and securely send information to the firm and vice versa. So, so that's where, you know, again, our solutions come in. SafeSend Exchange and SafeSend Returns really provides automation around workflow and, and um, manual tasks and provides an elevated client service. And that in turn allows these firms more time to spend with their clients on value-add services and being that trusted advisor. That's great. Well, it's going to be interesting to see how all this plays out. Scott, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for your insights. I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. This was great. Uh, Great conversation. Thanks for having me. Great stuff there from Scott Flazar. Scott is Chief Operating and Strategy Officer for SafeSend. You can learn more by visiting safesend.com. Uh, And don't forget, this week's sponsor is the Business Learning Institute, the BLI's future-ready learning framework, outlines the skills that CPAs need to thrive in the rapidly changing world of accounting and finance. That framework is all about gaining and maintaining deep technical knowledge along with a strategic skill set. We're talking about strategic aptitudes that have been identified as most crucial for tomorrow's CPAs. Start mastering these future-ready skills now by visiting macpa.org slash future-learning- framework. Happy Thanksgiving, folks. Have a great week. We will talk to you again next week.